0: Good day, everyone. Welcome to Your Self-Help Quest. I'm your host, Joshua Melissus, and joining me today is Dr. Lisa Hall, who is an associate professor in the psychology department at Missouri State University. Uh, Dr. Hall, thank you so much for being here.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thank you.
0: So, I guess, what kind of, um, like, what what do you study in your field?
1: Yes, so I am... Uh, a sociologist, I'm in a psychology department, and I coordinate the gerontology program. So, uh, in other words, I consider myself to be very multidisciplinary. Um, and gerontology is the study of aging, and um, we're all aging. Um, so, many people think that gerontology is uh, only about older adults, but we do look at the process, the entire process of aging across the life course.
0: So, I guess, how can we improve our, chance, our chances of having a larger lifespan?
1: Yeah, okay. So, you know, medical technology um, eradicating most communicable diseases, I say that in the era of COVID, but um, those things have uh, already expanded our lifespan. Um, so, maybe the, the real question is um, something that we're now calling health span. Um, how do we increase? Um, our health, um, h- how can we be healthier for a longer part of our lifespan so that we don't spend the last third of our life ill, sick? Um, so, yeah, health span. Uh, this is more about quality of life. Um, so, some ways that uh, we can do that, it's multifaceted. Um, it, you know, we're used to hearing, you know, diet and exercise, eat well, you know, exercise, um, but some of the things that um, are equally as important um, would be social aspects, having a good support group. Um, It would also be, uh, we used to say spiritual a lot, but it's probably not the best term. A better umbrella term would be um, like transcendentalism. Like how do do we as individuals fit into the universe? How are we connected to others? Um, So yes, it might be your traditional, what church do you go to? What religion are you? Um, But it could also be, you know, what is your moral code or your ethical code? Um, It also could be, and and um, this is some of the the latest uh, and greatest stuff in psychology is mindfulness and intentionality. So, yeah, uh, there are a lot of things that we can do to improve the quality of our lives, Um, and if we if we create good practices earlier in life, then of course that will have an accumulative, positive effect um, throughout our lives.
0: Is meditation like a, a part of mindful, mindfulness?
1: Yes, I think so. Um, reflection and, and 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 meditation, yeah. It, it's all part of mindfulness and intentionality. Um, we hear this popular advice, live in the moment, live in the moment. Um, And I understand that. Um, Usually we're told to live in the moment because maybe we're too worried about the future or because we are regretful of something in the past. Um, But I think to truly be in the moment, um, if we develop develop these habits where we carve out time in our day um, to reflect on things that have happened earlier in the day, yesterday, last year, um, then we have a better chance of um, being content, being peaceful with ourselves, and and then we are able to think about the future. I always tell my students, um, begin with the end in mind. Um, if you can visualize um, what might be in the future, you're less likely to be shocked when something negative happens, and negative things always happen. It's just that we never... We don't schedule those into our calendars, right? (laughs) We never do that. Um, And we have a little more sense of control um, over our future. So yes, mindfulness and intentionality is all about carving out that time. um, Again, to be able to reflect um, and to take some, uh, to take some good information and lessons forward um, and then if we can visualize uh, what we want for our future, um, we'll be less shocked and unprepared for it.
0: Picturing the end, is a, it's a good mindset.
1: Right, right, and I, I like to tell my students that um, if, if it's an assignment, you know, think about what you want that final assignment to look like. You know, what's, what's an ideal outcome for this assignment, for this paper, for this project? Um, uh, but, but it also works, of course, when you're thinking about living your life. And if, when you're 20, you can imagine yourself being 80, um, you know, what do you hope that, how do you hope you feel at that time? Um, even I almost made the mistake of saying, what, what do you hope you've accomplished? Um, Americans, Western culture, we are so much about doing, doing, accomplishing, checking off a task list. Um, that we don't spend enough time being and figuring out who we are and so again going back to mindfulness um, meditation um, those things help us be rather than just get caught up in the in the haste of everything fast-paced life Um, which also by the way when we practice being um, we also um are more able to live in the moment. You know, make the most of the present.
0: Yeah. And uh I mean I reflect
1: good. Like
0: yeah. I mean pretty much like every day now because I have a like a thought kind of thought, diary app on my on my phone and it's it's just really good because it makes me feel grateful for my life and kind of realize just how lucky I am at this point. Right. Um and in a way I guess what you're saying about aging, it's kind of like you have to be respectful for your future self.
1: Yes, I like the way you put that. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to be respectful of your future self. And unfortunately, again, in America and in Western society, um, we are not always respectful of older adults. They don't exactly represent some of the things that we most value. Yeah. Um, again, in a fast-paced society um, where we really value... Um, strength, um, youthful beauty. Um, So if we, as young people, as middle-aged people, if we can't respect older adults, how are we going to respect our future selves? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that.
0: So I guess, like, on a personal note, like, what are some of your favorite activities to do to improve your lifespan?
1: Well, I struggle to, right? It's hard to, uh, we can talk the talk. It's more difficult to walk the walk, of course. So at times I do better than others. Um, some of the things that um, I am, I feel best about is a couple of years ago, um, I really cut out a lot of sugar. Um, I cut down on inflammatory foods. Um, and you know, a lot of people are running into trouble with Food, you know, they need to go to gluten free, um, they need to uh, cut out dairy. Um, so, back to uh, the importance of having uh, quality of life physically, um, you know, what we are, what we eat. You've heard that. Yeah. We are what we eat. And I, I love that there's kind of a revolution now. Um, a lot, my daughter, for example, and a lot of people her age are really looking at clean food. Um, no processed foods Um, again not eating anti-inflammatory or not eating inflammatory foods rather so having anti-inflammatory foods um, more of a plant-based diet Um, all of those things are really good for our bodies and minds and um, allow us to have more time in the day and more energy Uh, it 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 doesn't uh, some some of those processed foods and too much sugar and having the ups and downs that sugar and really heavy foods um the burden it places on our body it makes us sluggish and all of those things and so we don't have time to go back to the carving out time for reflection and for meditation uh, and and things like that and maybe we don't sleep very well so personally that's one thing that um really made me feel good was uh, trying to be I will say more mindful about what I eat, trying to keep it cleaner. Um, another favorite thing that I do that again has made me feel a lot better is I have a standing desk um, here on campus, and um, you know when I go home at the end of the day, I feel so much better. I don't have nearly the the neck problems and some you know the like slumping problems that I had before. Um, I don't have some of the back issues that I used to have. Um, I thought it would be very difficult to, I, I wondered if it would be difficult for me to concentrate standing up because I had never worked that way. Um, and I, I had no trouble at all transitioning to that. So, um, that's another one of my favorite things, um, standing. And of course I have a chair so I can sit down if I need to. Um, let's see, what are some other things? I have a rescue dog and he loves to walk um, and so I, I walk him every day or we jog or we hike um, we go out to trails you know two rivers or uh, busick and um, get that fresh air spend time outdoors let the sun warm me up um, those are some of my favorite things that i do and i do meditate um, i do that um, as an individual i do it on my own Um, but I'm also really happy to have a ritual with other people. Uh, I think most of us will agree that um, during COVID, uh, when everything was shut down, a lot of us experienced isolation. And so I have always really um, valued social groups Um, and it just doesn't have to be a big group. I don't mean big parties or great big get togethers, but finding your people the right fit for you Um, so that you feel like you have support, you feel like you're understood, you can share things with them. So finding like-minded people, uh, even if it's just one or two or three other people, um, that's really important. So I'm really happy now that I have a meditation group or a sangha um, that I can meet with on Saturdays. um, And I can do that in person or via Zoom. Uh, I never thought I would say that. I never thought I would say that I could feel connected to people through a screen. But we take what we can get these days, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then also, I, I rely on my traditional religious background. And just recently, I've decided to start attending uh, masses again on Sunday. And it's just nice to, because I'm familiar with that routine, um, it's nice to be there with other people And, you know, again, to just to to walk away with another good message that lots of other people have heard about how to be a better person. So, yeah, those are some of the things that are most important to me that I think really improves my quality of life. And I feel like I'm kind of putting money in the bank, so to speak, for my future by doing all of these things.
0: So I'm just like processing everything you say, because I can relate to almost every one of them Great. and just going back to the food because um, i i've kind of been just more mindful with what i choose to eat yeah because i've realized that the less you eat the better um because if you have like a like what i've did in the past like like a, a basically like a meal for like either breakfast or dinner like you're just gonna feel awful afterwards you, you, you're just gonna like at least how, how I'm more, like, unmotivated, like, after I have, like, a meal like that. Yes. Like, if I have something like a a, a burrito from Chipotle, like, if I'm going to do that, it has to be on a night where I, or I have, like, nothing else planned. Right. Because um, the thing is, like, the less you eat, the more energized you are. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, what I discovered. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I do more, like, work this way. I, I feel better when I'm this way. But... Mm-hmm. Um, And actually just curious like what what kind of foods like would you recommend
1: yeah so um my daughter um she's living at home right now but she's about to study abroad and uh she didn't really have enough time to get a job um and so we said well if you're gonna be living at home before you study abroad you can uh meal plan, grocery shop, and you can cook for us. (laughs) So, um, she, she's really great at, at, um, preparing food. And so she has been looking at all of these healthy recipes. So she makes muffins, for example, these breakfast muffins. Um, and again, it will be, you know, gluten-free, um, you know, um, oat flour or something like that. So, again, she's using ingredients that are anti inflammatory. Um, you know, carrots or zucchini will go into those muffins. Again, trying to have more um, raw foods and natural foods and real foods. Um, she'll use um, like coconut uh, sugar or something like that instead of, you know, refined bleached, well, I, I guess. Sugar isn't bleached, flour is bleached, but uh, she she won't use any of those processed or bleached, you know, kinds of sweeteners or uh, flours. Um, so so that's certainly something. Um, what else? A- again, just eating, um, you know, salads, of course, um, but there are also some really good stews. Um, you know sweet potatoes and again trying to just just letting it be broth instead of trying to thicken it with again something like flour that would be inflammatory or um, you know make you more sluggish. Um, What are some other things we really enjoy? Dark chocolate (laughs) Um, and of course there are uh, pockets of centenarians people who are 100 and over around the world. Have you ever heard of blue zones?
0: I haven't. Okay. What is that?
1: Well, so Dan Butner uh, and National Geographic, probably 15 years ago by now, they traveled the world, uh, and they found these pockets of, uh, you know, places in the world of people who were 100 or over, and so they said, "What's your secret?" And of course, they said, "Secret? We don't know. What are you talking about? We just live our lives," and so. Um, You know as a good um, kind of like anthropologist would do uh, they spent time with these people and tried to figure out um, what it was that they were doing that they'd lived that long and they were that healthy and so um, you know there's one group in Italy um, you know they swear that if you have four ounces of um, of wine a day that that's really good for you Um, and there are certain antioxidants in it and So yeah, I mean, dark chocolate, um, getting to have a little bit of wine, um, you know, never too much, uh, everything should be in moderation. Um, Yeah, just like you were saying, um, sometimes it's what we eat that makes us sluggish. Sometimes it's also the amount, of course, that we eat. So um, if we can eat less, then we put our bodies through less turmoil really, you know, to try to digest all of that. Again, in Western culture, we don't take naps during the day. You know, if we ate a big lunch and then we took a nap and then we came back to work later, that would be one thing. But that's not our culture. We're expected to, you know, keep on going and kind of have that eight to five routine.
0: Are, are naps good? Because I, I was because I've heard like, um, I guess, kind of mixed messages on it. Like some people say it's bad. Some people say it's good. So what's your opinion on naps?
1: Okay, so, um, yeah, I mean, I know what research says, and and I know from my own personal experience, um, everybody should get, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep. We know that. And research says, and it makes all the sense to me, that the more we can align um, with, you know, the lightness, darkness, sun and moon... Um, those circadian rhythms it's best to you know be in sync Um, so that makes all the sense in the world to me Um, however I also know a lot of people who a 15-minute nap can completely energize them it helps them um, it helps them just shut down the stress that has accumulated um, and they feel completely rejuvenated and ready to go again after a nap not all people are like that though. So I think it really is you know, up to the individual to try to get to know their bodies and what works for them. I used to have a terrible time sleeping even at night. Um, and yeah, I would say that meditation, having a mantra, um, that has helped me sleep so much better. Um, a lot of people will, when they can't sleep, they will get up and they'll turn on the TV. They'll look at their phones. And so, I mean, we know that that blue light just wakes us up. It just stimulates everything and it really messes up those circadian rhythms. Um, So you should not do that if you cannot sleep. Um, But what I find is really helpful for me um, is... And and this thought came pretty naturally to me, actually. Um, When I was having trouble sleeping not long ago, um, I guess that little voice in my head that, you know, kind of just speaks sometimes, um, said, well, there's no place you'd rather be right now. You wouldn't want to have to be doing anything else right now. You wouldn't want to have to, you know, be cleaning the kitchen or teaching a class or driving. So it's fine. You know, you're here. You're resting. And, uh, and then, you know, saying a mantra and just relaxing. And, and then I fell asleep. So not fighting it, um, I think, is really important. I can actually take a nap now, and especially if the sun is coming in, you know, I love that. Um, I think it's important to – I think that's an element of self-care, you know, which we talk so much about these days. It's a shame that we have to talk so much about it because um, what that means is that we've spent – our culture, we have spent a lot of time, you know, too busy and not – taking time and not slowing down and so now we have to um, you know trend about self-care 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 it's kind of sad
0: yeah and see I'm kind of at a crossroads with that because I'm like there's a part of me that like wants to slow down and just take my time but then it's just I know this culture here in America says otherwise and says that I have to, um, you know, be as busy as possible and uh, find a job immediately like, after I graduate. And I was actually had this thought yesterday, like, because um, I would I would I mean, of course, everybody should strive to be um, a good worker. Mm-hmm. But I guess not necessarily a workaholic.
1: Right. Yeah, so work-life balance, Yeah, that is very important. Um, As a Gen Xer, I was born in 1971, um, women were told you can have it all. You can absolutely have it all. You can be a a wife, a mother, you can have a career, you can do all of these things. And that was great news to us because a lot of our mothers were told you really should be a wife and a mother. You know, you don't count on having a career. So we thought that was great news, but we also realized and started telling (laughs) the next generation of women, you can't really have it all. Um, I mean, you can try, but you're always gonna feel like you come up a little bit short in everything. So I think this relates to simplifying our lives. Um, We don't always have to buy into, what society says that we have to do. Uh, I know in advising students here at MSU, some of them are in such a hurry, you know, they want to graduate early, or um, they won't consider slowing down, taking fewer hours because they're working or because they're helping care for someone. Uh, They just want to try to get it all done. And I just always try to say, I understand when I was in college, I tried to figure out how to graduate early too, but you know what, there's, there's no reason, there's no point. Simplify, slow down. Sometimes I, I tell them, you know, I, I use the, the spin of the, uh, you know, d- don't speed. Um, so I tell them, arrive alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so literally what's the point of pushing it all and doing everything if you just burn the candle at both ends um, and yeah, you graduate, but you're so stressed out that you have no motivation to look for that job, um, We've yeah, we've got to slow down.
0: Yeah, that's giving me anxiety because, like, I'm graduating this semester and I... This... I mean, this whole semester has just been, like, hectic and, like, I haven't had, like, time to, like, look at, like, other... Uh, look at other jobs yet. Right. And so I'm just, like, extremely stressed this right. semester. Right. And I feel like when I do graduate, I will be burned out. Like, I don't even want, like, like I probably will just like sleep for like a month after I graduate,
1: right? So. Yeah, and you know uh, we can rush and then sleep and rush and sleep and you're doing this right? Or you're up and down. Yeah. You're up and down. Um, again, it's it's kind of like when you give your body a lot of bad food and you make it you know you're you're crashing. You're hilltopping. You're crashing. You're hilltopping. You're crashing. Um, Same thing that happens when we drink coffee, drink alcohol, drink coffee, drink alcohol. Um, It's so much better to try to have an even balance, um, to have fewer hilltops and valleys. Um, So the message is out there to simplify, um, but it's not very easy to do. But it is great advice, and it would ensure more quality in your life course. It just really would. Yeah. So I, I don't know, how, how do you, meditation might be the key, right? You try to block out all the expectations of the world, you try to connect with yourself. Um, and if that means um, telling people that you're not going to be in a hurry, if that means telling them I am gonna take an extra year, um, you know, before I graduate, um, we, we have to find a way to be able to do that.
0: How impactful is positivity on aging? Because I know, like, I, I mean, I've known like um, like kind people like age well. Because I, I have like friends, like really like really kind friends, right? That are in their thirties, but they actually look like they're eighteen. Uh-huh. And I mean, I, and I know people in their forties who look like the same age that they were like when they were in their in their in twenties. So, yeah, what's your what's your I guess your opinion on
1: that. It's funny I mean, the first thing that came into my mind is not the most relevant thing, but the first thing that came into my mind is that it takes so many, uh, it takes so much more effort and more muscles are involved in frowning than in smiling. Really? Yes. I've, I've read that a a million times. Um, So um, now the power of positivity uh, should not be underestimated at all. Um, Mindset. Uh, I think it, you know, in my opinion is 99% of, of anything. We always have a choice of what we're thinking and what we think, uh, you know, literally um, affects the next thing we think and the next thing we do and the way our brains work and the way our bodies feel. So um, when we complain and say negative things, um, You know we're headed down that road you know it's this downward step or a downward spiral Um, when we try to frame things more positively we have more hope um you know we we smile more um and you know you're creating um you know better future moments so mindset is i think so much of it again that's why i'm so concerned about ageism to go back to what you said about respecting our future selves, if we are afraid of aging, if we do not like um, older adults, if we do not like wrinkles, if we do not like it when people walk slowly, if we do not like it when they search for words, if if we do not like hearing people tell the same stories over again or sharing you know, nuggets of wisdom. If we don't like all of those things, then we are just setting ourselves up to not like ourselves later. Um, The only alternative to aging, of course, is death. So if we don't die young, then we're all going to age. We all have that in common. So imagine building a house for yourself. You know, would, would would you build it out of poor materials? Would you build it um, so that it wouldn't make it through the wind? You know, would you build it so that it's, you know, not attractive, uh, has no curb appeal? Um, well, when you're building your life for your future self, um, you know, don't you want to uh, invest the best thoughts and invest um, the, the best knowledge to become an older adult? Um, we in education focus a lot on development, of course. So we know about child development and adolescent development, and we call it adult development. And a lot of classes will barely touch on old age. And we tend to think that we do all of our development um, in terms of, you know, um, motor skills, cognitive development, um, even your identity. You know, maybe your identity is developed by the time you're in, you know, early adulthood. We don't think a whole lot about whether and what kind of development there might be in later life. And there are actually um, quite a few things that we could look forward to. Maybe you've heard about, uh, it's called socio-emotional selectivity theory. Um, And this kind of relates to simplifying our lives, right? Um, All of this is connected. Um, Socio-emotional selectivity theory is practiced more by older adults. They've been alive for a while. They've seen a lot of things come and go. Um, they've you know, run with the crowd. They've been with the trends. Uh, they've you know, tried to conform, keep the pace, all of those things, and pretty soon they say, wow, I am just gonna simplify my life. I'm going to do only things that I like to do. I'm gonna spend time with only the people that I feel really good spending time with. And I'm going to start saying no to some things, and uh, so you know that that's I think that that's an important key. Um, if we could start doing that earlier, we would probably stress our bodies and our minds a lot less. Um, so we can look forward to becoming stronger uh, in that you know socio-emotional selectivity. Um, we can look forward to um becoming uh playing certain roles for people who are younger than us like uh being a being a um a peacemaker you know saying i've been around for a while i don't know exactly what you're going through but i've seen these similar things and you know you can share your experience um you know we can all leave a legacy behind if we're intentional enough to do so, so if we again, if we take the time when we're, when we're meditating or when we're reflecting, journaling, um, practicing gratitude, if we take the time to say, what do I want to leave behind? You know, well, start trying to build that thing you want to leave behind right now. It's never too early. To start trying to, you know, again be that wisdom giver or that you know peacemaker. Um, or, um, to live in a way that when you do pass away, that people will say, I want to live like that. You know, I do always want to lend a hand or I do always want to be a good listener or I do want to be a great champion. Uh, you know, cheer people on. Um, so there are a lot of things to look forward to in later life. Yeah
0: what is like a what's like a major risk that everybody kind of needs to cut out of of their lives in order um in order to to age well
1: right so um i'm gonna say three distinct things um smoking so we know that tobacco and any kind of cigarettes that that have a lot of uh, carcinogens and things like that it's the single worst thing we can do to our bodies and our brains too, our yeah. minds, because it, it, we become addicted, and so you know we give up control of, you know, how our how our brains are functioning.
0: What What about uh, vaping?
1: Um, if there are carcinogens in it, um, and I know there's a lot of varieties of uh, of vaping, and again, I'm not an expert in those, but anytime, um, you know, like a cigarette has something like a traditional cigarette has something like. Two hundred, um, you know, other additives that are carcinogenic, and so uh, if if whatever you're vaping, you, you know, you should always know what the ingredients are. You should always know what's in there. Um, yeah, vaping has kind of brought up a whole new um, area for. We have to allow enough time to go by to see what kind of health effects there are. Um, so anyway, if they're carcinogens. Um, we, we do know that smoking is so very bad on the body. It increases your risk for just about every chronic disease um, as well as cancers and things like that. Um, the second thing is um, overeating and um, obesity. We, again, just think about COVID, um, a risk factor uh, for a poor prognosis when you have COVID, the original COVID, Um, was obesity you know your immune system is just not as strong and uh, you know you can end up with um, systemic uh, conditions so yeah from a public health perspective we know that um, we know that smoking and obesity are really bad for us can cut our lives short or can lead to a lot of um, diseases uh, that we will have for the rest of our lives Um, the third thing uh, might kind of surprise you. Um, it's ageism. Yeah. Yeah. Ageism. So uh, don't do not participate in ageism.
0: Because it's the negative mindset. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And why do that to ourselves? Yeah.
0: And I guess like with the whole stereotype of a cranky old of a cranky old person. Um, I know that's a stereotype, but like for for old older older adults who um, are kind of cranky or whatever, uh-huh. like I would assume that the reason why they're like that is because of their own ageism and like how they treat how they always treated themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah research absolutely shows um, that if you if you dread getting older, if you fear it. Um, if you're averse to older adults, then you're just gonna
0: have a miserable, miserable time. Then you're
1: gonna be miserable. Yeah. You, you indeed will hate being older. You won't be good at it. You will be miserable. So
0: the only thing that you can do is just accept it, and you'll have a better, you, know, you have a good
1: life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, think about what roles you can step into, um, further ways that you can develop um, as an older adult. What you can give back, you know, to the world, the legacy you can leave behind. Yeah. yeah.
0: In the age that we're in now, because I know people are saying that the future is bleak and I guess, and I don't know how I feel about that because I I think, I mean, I think that's something that people always say and then we just kind of like adapt to it. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the best way to deal with it is just don't kind of like feed into like that mindset. I mean, things will always kind of be challenging, I guess well like, i don't know how do uh, how do you feel about the future i guess and how, and we we will be i guess 30 to 50 years from now
1: right and yes I, and so, i guess
0: the the health effects that will uh, possible health effects that might happen later too
1: right right um, i mean the most significant world event right now is russia and ukraine right yeah. So I met someone just yesterday who was born in um, right on the border of Romania and Ukraine, and she still has family that's in in Ukraine. But thank goodness, again, they live, I think, on the western end rather than the eastern, you know, that borders Russia. But um, so, yeah, when I think about things like that, um, I'm very worried about the future. And you're right. All generations have said You know the future is bleak, because there are always um, whether it's cultural wars or new problems or real wars. Right? Um, There, there, there are scary things. Um, But I think what we can do. To filter some of that is again simplify our lives so decide on this is just one example decide on one source of information not 50 different sources of information and don't have it streaming into you into your home into your ears into your head 24 hours a day um, So, you know, I know a lot of people will switch between, you know, the major news channels, Fox and CNN and MSNBC and going back and forth between all of these news channels that are on all of the time. And they're not really news anymore. It's opinion of somebody else's opinion about what someone else said. And some of that overload, I don't think we were built for that overload. Um, I'm not a neurologist, uh, you know, but it just seems to me that that kind of information overload is not good for us at all. So again, I think this goes back to, to simplifying. Um, I can share with you that uh, older adults, kind of frail older adults, those who are starting to have cognitive decline, um, especially those in memory care units, those who have dementia and Alzheimer's disease, um, when they're living in those facilities, um, the staff will literally keep that bad news away from them because they become so anxiety ridden and so very worried. Um, I think we can take a hint from that. Um, you know if it if it bothers children, if it bothers people with some cognitive decline, we have to acknowledge that um, as aware uh, as we seem to be uh, in our middle age and our young age, it's probably still not, doesn't have the best effect on us either. So um, I think, you know, we know that things evolve and um, again, the 24 hour news channels and the, the constant social media information and everything just coming at us all the time Um, I'm not sure that our minds were really made for that. So I think technology has maybe surpassed what we're capable of taking in and processing. Um, You remember when um, natural disasters have happened or terrorist um, events have happened and psychologists advise people, don't watch this for hours on end. You know, you you can't drown in this. It's it's very sad. It's terrible, of course. Um, But... um, you, you can't just drown in this it's not healthy yeah. yeah
0: that's why I don't I mean I still watch the news but not as much and mm-hmm. uh I don't even I don't even use Facebook anymore okay yeah because I there's <laughs> just a lot of negative information on there
1: right yeah right and it's not just the information that comes out then there's the secondary responses to all of it and all the reactions and then there's the is this true or not yeah. and and well of course it's true no it's not true yeah.
0: um wow and just uh going back to just like pre- prepping you know um just having a good life like I I want to shoot I want to spend I want to spend my time wisely like mm-hmm. and I feel like Social media is kind of a waste of time.
1: Wow. Uh, n- minutes, if not hours, can go yeah. by before you realize uh, how much time you've just been staring exactly. at the screen. Exactly,
0: because like, so, uh, th- like in the past, sometimes I'll say, okay, I'm just gonna be on it for five minutes, and then it'll be like, like over an hour. And like, I mean, I've, had, I've had that experience also just like with the internet too. Like when uh. I first got, my, like, got a computer, like when I was a kid, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna be on it for like 30 minutes or so, and just like three hours pass.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, because it, it's so easy also to, uh, to accidentally go down some rabbit hole because you've clicked on something and now you're onto a new topic and that leads you to something else and then pretty soon maybe you forgot why you even, <laughs> why you even started looking uh, to begin with. I know that happens to me at work. Um, I will leave an email message uh, to look up something and then, um, but what will happen is I'll get some other notification, which I start paying attention to. And then two hours later, I'll find that email message that's half-drafted. And I'll, I'll be like, oh my gosh. So it's hard today to actually start a task, complete a task. Uh, our, our attention is so very divided, um, which again, I, I will leave this up to the you know neuropsychologist, but um, th- that is very difficult. Difficult on our brains uh, to have all that divided attention, and um, yeah, it can lead to um, you know what what we in lay terms would just call burnout.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I especially have to be careful with it because I have I have ADHD, so. <laughs>